0: Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, Clearcast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage,
1: national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Welcome back. I'm Attorney Sean Bigley, and I'm here with my co host Lindy Kaiser of ClearanceJobs.com. We're talking this segment about the perils of online pharmacies and prescription drug misuse. And Lindy, you know, I got to say, I think that the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this, and it's a horrible epidemic really, is prescription painkillers and the number of people who have gotten hooked on these things in recent years, the opioid epidemic, as it's often called. You know, my heart goes out to these folks, because I think that a lot of times, probably vast majority of the time, they're People who never in a million years thought that they were going to be an addict, they have a surgery, they have an injury, get these prescription painkillers, and then before they know it, they're hooked. I think that's something that we don't talk enough about in the cleared community is prescription painkillers and the the dangers, the risks there. So is this something that you've seen come up on clearance jobs? So
0: I've seen certainly somewhat more questions about it unfortunately like you said it comes up more in the polygraph process because it is it can kind of be kind of a a hidden issue you can not necessarily disclose it and i think it's one of those things that you know potentially comes up i mean it's not like the prevalence of marijuana where you know we know that that's there's a rise in folks using that but we you know the policies are are at least somewhat clear now. If you're hooked on opioids or something else, you can kind of keep that under wraps for a while. And then it, again, it might come up if you're going through a polygraph process and you're saying, hey, I have you know, I have this issue or what about prescription drug abuse or issues? I would say the most common by far question we get about the prescription drug issue is the Adderall use in young people now who are applying for a security clearance and then wondering about listing that on their sf86 as well so can yeah can you maybe speak that do you think people are disclosing these issues on the sf86? would you recommend that? how is maybe the best way to address that if you're somebody who has maybe you know you've abused prescription drugs in some capacity again knowing you know how exactly and where to disclose that on the form I think there's still confusion about that.
1: First of all I, I think for anybody listening it's important to understand that the misuse of prescription drugs is disclosable to the government. When you're applying for a security clearance, it is something that can preclude someone from getting a clearance, just as cocaine use or heroin or even, you know, marijuana. The reality is, as you point out, a lot of folks who are misusing prescription drugs, they kind of can keep it under wraps. And I I think that part of the reason for that is folks are in denial that they have a problem. I think it's a lot easier to be in denial that you're addicted to prescription drugs then you're addicted to cocaine. I think that, you know, we see a lot of high functioning addicts where people are misusing prescription painkillers and for all intents and purposes they're still going about a lot of their daily life. And so people who know them may look at them and say, "Well, you know, they look fine to me." So that's where it doesn't always get picked up in this process, but eventually you got to pay the piper. And you know, if you, if you really get hooked on this stuff, there's only one way that you get out of it. And that's typically rehab. It's a tough situation. The Adderall piece of this, obviously, you know, that's a, a little different in the sense that, you know, it's not the same class of drugs. Um, and oddly enough, we've seen this lately as well in very weird contexts. I just recently learned that apparently grinding up Adderall pills and snorting them is a thing. I don't know why, because to my knowledge doesn't do anything differently to your body, whether you snort it or take it as a pill we get these kind of scenarios and these questions about things like this on a fairly regular basis and one of the one of the ways that it often comes up one of the questions that often we broach with our clients is how are you getting these things because if you have a valid prescription let's say for a prescription you know for a painkiller an opioid usually those things are very tightly controlled the doctor who prescribes it you know, they know, or they're supposed to know that these are highly addictive. And so they give very small uh, windows where they say, you know, we're going to write you this prescription, you know, post-surgery, but you can only take it for five days or, or, you know, just very small windows where the person is uh, supposed to kind of get over the the hurdle of the, the real excruciating pain. And then they're supposed to transition to, you know, some over-the-counter non-addictive drug. But that doesn't always happen. And so then, in, you know, we learn, for example, sometimes that the person is, uh, you know, seeing numerous doctors and, you know, Dr. A doesn't know about Dr. B, C, D, E. They're going to all, you know, three, four, five, six doctors getting the same prescription and going and filling them at different pharmacies. And that's how they're going about this. Uh, eventually, that that often gets caught, when that happens or or when they start to see the writing on the wall, sometimes these folks switch to online pharmacies. This has been something that, you know, really has proliferated in recent years. I've written about it on clearance jobs, perils of online pharmacies. What we've had some folks tell us is, well, geez, I didn't realize that this online pharmacy that I was, you know, purchasing drugs from was uh, you know, not legitimate. You know, that may be true. The government looks at it and says, well, there were some real (laughs) obvious, in our view, red flags that it wasn't legitimate. And we think you knew it or you should have known it. And some of those examples are poor English, a spelling and grammar, payment that's only accepted by virtual currency, rudimentary website substance and functionality, cut rate or volume pricing. Those are all kind of red flag indicators that maybe this pharmacy that you're dealing with online is not legit, and they're either selling you stolen or generic versions of the real medications, or they're selling you something entirely unknown. But either way, you know you're taking a big risk by putting that stuff in your body. You know, if it's overseas, which is often the case, you're also potentially facing you know issues of of drug trafficking, where you know you could get nailed. If the government picks this stuff up in transit um, when it crosses the border, which we've seen as well, so all of that is to say that these are some real serious, weighty issues that we deal with. And you know, if you are a clearance holder who has you know any sort of addiction, or you think you're heading in that direction, whether it be prescription painkillers or you know anything else. You got to get help, and you got to do it now.
0: Well, and I think the online pharmacies is just a very interesting piece. You know, when and when you mentioned that, I it did make me think. I have certainly, with COVID, seen a lot more folks. There has been a rise in the kind of this online pharmaceutical aspect with the legitimate side of it. You know, through your insurance company or sponsored, as well as a very much illegitimate side of it. So even if you're trying to, you know, you you want a drug that maybe you have been prescribed or or something. I think it's worth taking some due diligence and not necessarily getting, you know, the cheapest product on the market or getting something that might, you know, again, especially that hasn't been prescribed to you, which I I have heard of folks doing that as well, even if it's not an opioid or Adderall, but you're just like, again, looking to use the benefit of the the free market web to order a pharmaceutical, just could put yourself in an issue that you don't want to be in as a security clearance holder.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to that point, one thing that You know, the folks that we've seen who have gotten involved with this stuff don't think about until it's too late is drug testing. If you take a drug test and you pop positive for any of the prohibited substances, there's oftentimes very little that we can do in the way of a defense to that. There are, you know, exceptions and there are certainly cases where the lab mixes up samples or there's chain of custody issues or there's other defenses that, you know, we can raise. By and large, a positive drug test is a difficult thing to deal with and If you have a valid prescription for something, that's fine. But the problem that we see, and we we see this often in cases involving CBD products, which I know we've talked about previously, is if you're buying something from a less than reputable source, you don't really know what's in there. So yes, maybe you have a valid prescription for, but if you're buying it from a shady online pharmacy, you don't know if there's something else laced in there That is now going to cause you to pop positive on a drug test. And you know, you walk in there and say, well, gee, here's my prescription. And they say, well, that's nice. But that's you, you didn't just test positive for that. You test positive for something else, too. And then, you know, you you really are going to be struggling to explain, you know, how that happened. And believe it or not, we've actually had a couple of cases over the years where we've had to go get an independent laboratory analysis done of whatever the person was taking that they had purchased from a vendor or a pharmacy, whatever, and demonstrate or try to demonstrate that. This is the reason for the test, the, the positive test result. So it's not a fun situation. It's not something that you really want to put yourself in if you can avoid it. And obviously, prescription drug prices in the US are out of control. And I think, you know, most people would agree with that. So I, I get the temptation, you know, for for some folks to go online and and seek out prescription drugs from overseas destinations. Anybody who's thinking of doing that just really needs to understand that there is a significant risk not only obviously to their health, but to their clearance as well.
0: Yeah. And I just want to touch on briefly to you mentioned the rehab piece of it. I think we've seen this kind of big shift in the mental health component saying like, hey, getting help is a positive step. Like the government will not penalize you for seeking mental health treatment. I would like to hope that the same would apply if you find yourself in a prescription drug abuse situation, just because there's, again, there's, you can kind of hide that. And so I don't want stigma to stop someone from getting help. I think going to rehab or finding a way to address a prescription drug issue would be seen as a positive and certainly far superior than popping hot on a drug test and absolutely losing your security clearance. So folks should be proactive about that. And even if it's not um, necessarily going to to come up in a regular conversation, just knowing taking proactive steps to address an issue is generally considered a mitigating factor, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, this is a huge um, point and something that, you know, I think a lot of people are just inherently resistant to because there's this this deeply ingrained fear that, you know, why do I want to tell the government something that they don't know? And, and this, this sort of, well, maybe I can white knuckle it, you know, through it kind of mentality. And, and that's not something that, that really ends well for the vast majority. I would say pretty much everybody who's tried it. The best advice that I would give anybody who thinks they may have a prescription drug issue is to echo exactly that and, and just say, look, you know, proactivity is the name of the game here. You know, yes, you are going to alert the government that you have a problem if you are disappearing and going to rehab for weeks. There's there's no question about that. From a clearance standpoint, it is far, far easier for us to defend that and say, look, this person has acknowledged that they have a problem. They've gotten help. They have, you know, come out the other end in a much better place. And for example, they're willing to accept. Uh, monitoring where, you know, they're going to do a random drug test every 30 days for the next 12 months at their own expense. And, uh, you know, if they pop positive, they're agreeing to an automatic revocation of their clearance. That's something that, you know, threads the needle sometimes and gets the job done. Versus the government finding out the hard way, you know, oh, we found him, you know, slumped over his steering wheel on his lunch break because he overdosed. I mean, good luck with that. That's, that's not a, a winnable case typically. So, proactivity, that's, that's definitely the way to go here. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cleared Cast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.